You asked, we answered. Many of you have asked that each show on the Man of God Network be transitioned to its own RSS feed on iTunes or the podcast app that you use. We've heard your request. Each show on the Man of God Network is now available on its own unique RSS feed. This makes it easier to search for previous episodes, yet all of our shows are still connected on one channel. You can find this by searching the Man of God by CBT Seminary channel on iTunes. If you've enjoyed our content, please consider subscribing to each show on the Man of God Network channel as we move content over. And thanks for listening to the Man of God Network brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. You are listening to Particular Pilgrims, stories from Reformed Baptist history with commentary. I'm your host, Ron Miller, pastor of Covenant Baptist Church of Clarksville, Tennessee, and a longtime student and collector of Particular Baptist history. We are on the Man of God Network, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. In the last episode, we described Bernard Foskett's leadership in reconstituting the Western Association upon the basis of the 1689 Confession. Full subscription was required annually, with the only exceptions being in a church's view of singing in public worship and on which day the Sabbath was to be celebrated. What was the response by the churches? Some refused to be a part of this, of course. The General Baptists, and those with Arian or Unitarian leanings went their own way. But 24 churches, including several from Wales, answered this invitation in the affirmative, and in 1733 met in renewed association. Those present included both of the particular Baptist churches in Bristol, Broadmead and Pathay. Bradford-on-Avon was represented, and there is still a 1689 Confessional Baptist Church in that town. In fact, two of the articles I used in preparing this episode were written by pastors of that church. Smaller and more rural churches were represented, often with meetings in multiple towns due to distance, and so they are recorded as having two names and being hyphenated. Larger cities such as Exeter, Plymouth, and Swansea also signed on. The first meeting produced a letter, written by John Bedham and Bernard Foskett, that explained the reasons for the association. The main one was, quote, to give a public testimony against the growing errors of the day because they sap the very foundation of Christianity, end quote. But what came to be known as circular letters didn't only deal with purely doctrinal issues— there was also a practical pastoral urgency in them. This first letter recommended the study of the confession in the churches, the catechizing of families, frequent meetings of believers during the week to encourage one another and pray for each other, and to constantly attend at the Lord's table after preparation. This sound balance of truth and life served these churches well, causing them to stay not only orthodox in doctrine, but vibrant and growing 
both in spiritual life and numbers, for many years. Joseph Stennett, then the pastor at Exeter, preached the Association Meeting Sermon. His text was Philippians 2.27, with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. It was a timely text, arguing against deism and related errors, and promoting the biblical doctrines of the Trinity, and the full deity and atoning work of Jesus Christ. He went on to urge his hearers to make a, quote, public and explicit confession on the occasion. Stennett was one of the best of the particular Baptist preachers, but you may recall that he was also a Seventh-day Baptist, and so was making use of one of the exceptions to the confession that these particulars allowed. The next year, Stennett was asked to write the associational letter. In it, he explained the basis of the association in seven points. First, he declared the need for a statement of faith, noting that adherence to Scripture alone is not enough, since this would, quote, be no bar to hinder the greatest heretics in the world. Second, confessions were a scriptural rule. He supported this with texts and exposition. Third, the group's principles were the, quote, declared principles of the Christian faith. He went on to express a unity with, quote, others of the Reformed churches. Notice how these churches identified themselves in this. Fourth, he recognized that Baptists differed from other Reformed churches, but urged unity in the other core truths. In this section, he also emphasized that the distinction between general and particular Baptists was necessary. Listen to his strong language. Quote, the blending of these together is a modern artifice by which error has spread itself and done incredible mischief. Next, he owned the name particular for the Western Association. And finally, he defended the use of the lengthy 1689 Confession because, quote, by sad experience, we have observed that some have artfully found means to evade those shorter declarations. There's much good advice here for Reformed Baptist churches today. The Western Association had continuing challenges, of course, but they set a sterling example of commitment to confessional truth, piety at home and in the churches, education for men preparing for the ministry, and all this seasoned with evangelistic zeal. They avoided the twin pits of Arminianism and hyper-Calvinism, and these churches then regularly grew in membership throughout this period which is often mischaracterized as a time of loss and setback. In all this, they did better than the London churches. The Londoners couldn't agree to hold association with one another. The best they could do was have pastoral fraternals in local coffee houses. Even these seemed to have had a cliquish nature at times, and good men were often disallowed from participating. They had no shared confessional statement, some of the London men believed in eternal justification, which was contrary to chapter 11, paragraph 4 of the 1689 Confession. Undoubtedly, there were other exceptions as well. While the Western Association worked to fund and populate 
the seminary at Broadmead, London continued to argue about money or even the need for education, and so nothing was done to help men study for the ministry beyond what individual pastors did during this time. Some of the London men were either hyper-Calvinists or leaned in that direction. This contrasted with the full and free proclamation of the gospel by the Western pastors. What does this mean? Why am I rehearsing this? Well, one reason is because the 18th century London Baptists have historically been given the first place in Baptist life for that time period. But it is not clear at all that they were actually representative of the majority of Baptists in England and Wales. Some of the London men we will look at in coming episodes had superb gifts and did wonderful work under the blessing of God. But the Western Association churches generally had better associational, confessional, and evangelistic life than did the London churches. And for that, they should be better known, honored, and imitated. If you'd like to read about these things and perhaps reorient your thinking, at least in part, about the 18th century particular Baptists, I'd recommend several books. First is one I have told you about before. I consider this a very important work. It's Continuity and Change by Roger Hayden. It is subtitled Evangelical Calvinism Among 18th Century Baptist Ministers Trained at Bristol Academy, 1690-1791. While not perfect, it explodes the myth that the English particular Baptists in the 1700s were narrow, useless, and about to disappear because of hyper-Calvinism. Robert Oliver, a past pastor of Bradford-on-Avon Baptist Chapel, has a good article on Bernard Foskett in the Reformed Baptist Theological Review, July of 2006. The present pastor of the same chapel, Robert Strivens, wrote another short biography of Foskett for Particular Baptist Presses, Volume 4, in their series on the English Particular Baptists. Thank you for listening today. This is Ron the Baptist, wishing you grace and peace. Thank you.